this is the divergence of the Austrian from the uh, Mengerian tradition. And um, we talked about bid offer spreads and the quantity theory of money and, and all of that. Uh, let's just put that to, um, to one side for the moment and explore, explore more deeply how um, the American Austrians have deviated from Mengerian methodology. Now, this lecture you might find very, very simple, you know, and can't see what the problem is and sort of can't see why the American Austrians can't see this. And it's a good question um, to keep in the back of your head because there is no argument against it, really. So let's go into it a bit further. Uh, we need to start with um, the concepts of teleology and praxeology. And these are very fancy philosophical, philosophical words. And you don't need to, you don't need to be, you don't need to be au fait with them to understand what is being uh, talked about. So, teleology and uh, praxeology. Okay. Um, you could also say uh, ends and means um, and you can say many other things for them as well but basically this is the this is the split teleology when you speak on a teleological basis you're assuming that a process or action is teleological when it's, when it's for the sake of an end or final, final cause, okay? So an example of an end would be um, wanting to sit down. Now how you sit down is when you go into the different domain of the praxeological, basically. So, what we have is um, this essential dichotomy, ends and means. Now, we're going to go through examples, quite a few examples, that show that if you're in one, there is no unique correspondence with the other, and if you're in the other one, there's no unique correspondence with the, the other set as well. So, you can't just look at something and intimate the teleological basis of that action, basically. And to say that you, you can, um, you're either slight, you're not looking at it deeply enough, or you're just, you're just saying it on purpose because you don't think you can do anything on a teleological basis. Okay? So, 
Means is, is very much on the praxeological end of thinking, basically. Mises says, human action is purposeful behavior. Now, I won't deny that, of course. Um, action is will put into operation and transformed into an agency. It's aiming at ends and goals. It's the ego's meaningful response to stimuli and conditions of environment. Okay? So, what Mises is saying there is that basically people do things, and that's an axiom. You know, so, I, I can't deny that, you know, that, that seems like a, a fairly reasonable, a fairly reasonable axiom, even though it's not, uh, but um, you can't deny it. People do things, that's a fact, that's an axiom. Fair enough. So Rothbard says on the subject, praxeology rests on the fundamental axiom that individual beings act. That is, on the primordial fact that individuals engage in conscious action towards chosen goals. This concept of action contrasts to purely reflexive or knee-jerk behavior which is not directed towards goals. Rothbard says that, and I'll explain why that is the most ridiculous thing I've heard in a while. But we'll go through it with examples. Okay. So, if you look here on the projection, we've got the same split that I've drawn up here. You have an end, and the end that I gave was a a wish to be sedentary. Okay. So, that's a wish to be sitting down, assuming I'm not already sitting down. So, how many ways are there to sit down? Is there any one way of sitting down? You know, there, you know, there are many ways of sitting down. You could, let's say, you could sit on a chair. Uh, you could sit on the floor. Or you could uh, sit on a table. So there are many means to, uh, to satisfy this, uh, this end, the end of wishing to be sedentary. <coughs> Sit on a table. I've just given three examples here. You can all add your, your own examples to the list. <coughs> and you, you, it's very easy to see that it's, it's not unique. It's not unique. There is not just one way to sit down. Okay. So, that's a big step, you know, that's a big step in the, in the thought processes that um, has escaped many American Austrians, um, and we'll go a bit further into, into why they've, they've missed this, okay? So, the example doesn't end there. So here, 
we have A, and Alpha, Beta, and Gamma are the sit on the chair, sit on the floor, and uh, sit on the table. Now, let's consider, let's consider another, uh, another end, which is a wish to be dry. when outside in rain. Okay, so you're outside and it's raining and you, uh, you wish to be you wish to be dry. Um, what can you do? So, you could get an umbrella so I need to write the rough surface the wrong. So we had our wish to be sedentary. <coughs> A. And we had our alpha, beta, gamma. So here you're in the teleological space, and here you're in the praxeological space. And you had uh, the uh, sit on chair. Sit on floor. And sit on table. Now, we have the uh, wish to be dry. <coughs> Another N. And some examples of how you do that, get an umbrella, assuming you don't have one. Uh, stand on the shelter. Or you could wear a Macintosh and hat. Two examples there, and a, a third and final one. I wish to move incognito. Incognito, not being recognised. Uh, okay, wear a wig and sunglasses. You can only move at night. Or you could also wear a Macintosh and hat. Um, and so there we see we have a problem, basically, if you just deal in the praxeological set, as it were, looking at what people do. Can anyone see the problem? It's pretty obvious, basically. I mean, wearing a hat and Mac satisfies two completely different teleological ends. Okay? So you cannot intimate just by looking why someone is wearing 
a Macintosh and hat. There is no way for you to, I mean, it might be obvious in context why someone is, but don't confuse that with the principle that you can't, okay? In the most general sense, there is no correspondence unique between this set, the mental set, and the way that you act what you're thinking. Okay? So I hope that's all quite clear, and it's, it's not very difficult at all to, to, to understand this, but essentially to build a theory solely on the praxeological, as if you can do it, is wrong. Completely wrong. Now, Menga, as you can imagine, is, is, is purely concentrating on the teleological aspects of why we do things, you know. He's not concerned about the myriads of ways in which you do things, basically. But those bases behind why you're doing it. And the reason why you could be doing something is numerous. <coughs> and, and ways to do something are also numerous. Okay? So there is no correspondence. And anyone that says there, there are people that say there's a correspondence. I won't give their names, but you can look it up online. They're just wrong. There isn't a correspondence. And um, whatever is shown to say that there is, you can pick a hole in it, and it won't be any more complicated than, than, this, kind, than this kind of argument. Okay? So, teleology, praxeology. We've gone through the relationship... But, and we've gone through some examples, and we've shown that there is, um, there is no unique correspondence. There isn't, in what we say in maths, there's not a bijection, you know. There's nothing unique about the relationship. And if you've got one without the other, you're not, you're not looking at the both sides of the coin. Now, a uh, professor talks about this in terms of the, um, the protosphere and the logosphere. And the protosphere and the logosphere is basically a version of what we were discussing here. So the protosphere is sort of things that are, 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 are given. So, for example, are given but do not have an explanation um, beyond, beyond it, basically. So, for an example, um, appreciation of music. So there is no justification, there is no logic behind why we appreciate music. Now you can go through what music is, but that's not an appreciation of why we appreciate music. Why we appreciate music is beyond that, that argument, basically. So appreciation of music, um, trees, 
stars, you know, all of the things surrounding us, um, things that are subhuman, animals, you know, stuff which is not, on the face of it, anything to do with, um, doesn't have a greater teleological basis behind it, on the face of it, doesn't have a, a greater teleological basis behind it. And the logosphere, is basically action. How you enact all that is in that set is done in the logosphere. And it's the boundary that concerns us. And this is where Menger is neither in one nor the other, really. He's looking at the way that that interacts with that. Because it has a very definite, very definite process. So let's um, turn back and just read, read what Rothbard said. So he said that Praxeology rests on the fundamental axiom that individual beings act. This concept of action contrasts to purely reflexive or knee-jerk behaviour, which is not directed towards goals. So he's basically saying that he is so smart that he can look at something and see whether it has purposeful behaviour or not. This has no purpose. Uh, to, 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 to Rothbard and to, to Rodriguez's. You know, it might, but the point is, you can never know that. You can never know that. And to say that you can implies that you're some kind of, of, of a demigod, basically. You know, you, 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 can, you can see people's intentions, sort of, you can see the intent behind people's actions. Which is amazing. I'd love to be like Mr. Rothbard if that was the uh, the case, you know. But as far as I've 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 known in, in life and experience, it's not really um, it's not really possible to do that. Okay. So we've gone through teleology. We've gone through praxeology. We've gone through the relationship. We've gone through the lack of correspondence. And we've shown that if you're in one or the other to the exclusion, you're not having the full set. And it's the boundary. It's the boundary that matters, basically. Mises and Rothbard have said that praxeology, the logosphere, is where all the action is, and that's where you need to be. And they've actually stated that that's, um, that that's a sufficient place to be when it's, it's not, it's quite evidently it's not. So human action might be purposeful, no doubt, as, as Ludwig von Mises said, but the purpose cannot be intimated by looking at what was actioned. Very simple, he's wrong. He's just wrong. So, 
As you can imagine, the difference between teleology and praxeology doesn't only infect economics, it infects, infects many, many different subjects which aren't supposedly related. You know. And my biggest, my biggest gripe with mathematics or, or, or the method of, of, of using mathematics in uh, economics is that you're actually um, statistics specifically when you're conducting statistical analysis for example I don't know um, looking at the multitude of, 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 of people wearing Macs and hats you know and you have some kind of premise as to why people wear Macs and hats and you do some kind of statistical analysis on the back of that and you come up with all kinds of correlations and whatever okay that's all very good you know but there could have been completely different ends in mind in mind from from the things that you're looking at so you're not comparing apples with apples ultimately you have to be very very careful when you do supposedly objective statistical analysis because if you don't realize the difference between these two concepts, teleology and praxeology, you will be comparing, you will be comparing cross purposes in supposed um, statistical analyses. Okay. Um, another, another point, and it's, it, it, it leads very clearly from what we've discussed here, is um, the philosophy of um, objectivism which some think is, is somehow related to uh, the Austrian school. Now, for example, the, the objectivism starts with the, um, the principle of identity, which says something along the lines of a chair is a chair. That is a microphone, this is a table, etc., etc. But behind um, any word, any word is a greater meaning. You know, so what do you mean by chair? Do you mean uh, something you can sit on? And if the person nods, you know, and says yes, then you present to him five other things that you can sit on, that, which is a, that, that's not a chair. And if he says, oh, well, I meant all of those objects, not just the chair, then you can say, well, those objects are not solely used for sitting on. And you give a whole other load of teleological ends which those objects basically uh, satisfy that wasn't the original satisfaction. Okay, it's very easy to see it. You know, there's not one way to sit down. And there's not one reason why you would have sat down. You know, it's just a variation on that. There's more than one way to skin a cat, and there are many reasons why a cat could have been skinned, you know. There's no, there's no correspondence, no correspondence. So, objectivism does not have a place in, 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 the, in the Mengerian tradition. Um, it, it, it doesn't have a place in science full stop, but that's another lecture, you know. But specifically here, 
it, it, there, there's no relationship between Mengerian, the Mengerian basis for economics and, and, and objectivism as a philosophy. And the proofs and exa the examples given are sufficient to show that. And if you come to me afterwards, I can give you more economic examples. I can give you an economic example and a sporting example. You know, for example, flicking a ball into a hole is a teleological is a teleological wish, and you could do that by playing football, basketball, or a ball in a cup, golf, or golf. You know. So the, the, the basis of, 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 of all of those sports is, is flicking a ball into a hole, you know. Um, but flicking a ball into a hole could be some part of some process in engineering. It could be some kind of new thermostat. And so flicking a ball in a hole doesn't just serve the, the, uh, the purpose of football. It could be the new thermostat that increases efficiency 500 times or something. So the bottom line that I'm trying to get at here is that don't look at things and objectify. Okay, because I'm basically giving you a variation on the philosophy of objectification here. Don't look at objects and intimate their purpose. And don't think that any object can only have one particular purpose. Okay? Best example of that, the same object which has been looked at differently as our level of consciousness has, has gone up, is crude oil. Okay, five, six hundred years ago, crude oil was just a mess. You know, it was a poisonous mess that got into water supply. There was no use for it um, back then. But then as consciousness grew and scientific awareness grew alongside it, a use for this previously poisonous object suddenly came along. And now, you know, it's in all of your cars and all of your planes and we can't live without it. But the object didn't change. It was still crude oil for 600 years. But our recognition, our, 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 our uh, perception of the object Changed. Okay? So, this might all be very simple, and I hope it is very simple for everyone, um, but this is well beyond the sphere of comprehension of the, Austri uh, of the American Austrians. They do not wish to think on these bases. And um, it was deemed so, um, so natural by Menger that. It wasn't elaborated for me. You know, it was just it was just assumed that you could understand from this basis where to go and what was an incorrect way of going, which all of the Ameri all of the uh, the Austrian economists subsequent to uh, to Menger, apart from Eugene von von der Work, they all uh, they all would not have the ability to. Uh, not understand this, but they, they wouldn't have the, the will to take it further. It's just, it's just beyond their, their abilities, you know. And you can understand why. 
if you can if you if you can't look at anything and say why it's being done, then why the hell do anything? You know, I mean, there's there's no, you might as well just stop and sit under a tree all day. You know, and and that's what some people do. Um, but ultimately, that there is no there is no correspondence. You know, and um, just because you can't. Um, just because you can't supposedly get anywhere from having a teleological basis to the way that you look at things, um, doesn't mean that you cannot um, get behind the process by which means, by which ends are satisfied. Because there is very much a process behind which means satisfy ends. And it's that process, it's that boundary, you know, that Menger develops and talks about. You know, it's, 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 it's that that's the important thing. These two don't mean anything on their own. It's what you have to look at is this boundary, as it were. A purely, a purely mental, a mental thing. So, um, I think that um, I haven't got much else to say. Um, if there are any questions on the back of that, let's go ahead now. Um, this is, uh, I agree with what you said, uh, all of it, except that the drift of it is in the direction of subjectivism, pure subjectivism, which philosophically is whatever the person's mind deems to be the case, and is the case, and so therefore I make up my own meaning in my own world, my own reality. Mm. And uh, I mean, there's lots and lots of C.S. <coughs> Lewis is probably the easiest um, of the writers that you've got this equal subjectivism. Um, and the effect on morals and uh, you know, society, everybody is an anarchist without reference to anybody else, mm. is, is the terms of that. Mm. So, so the, 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 there are various pegs in the ground which are called realism uh, as a philosophy. Well, the first is that objective facts are out there. I mean, my favourite is the periodic table. Yeah. So you've got hydrogen dealing with the uranium war, etc., or empty uranium, and the natural petroleum ones. And so those are just facts that are out there. And your job as a thinker is to subjectively grasp those facts, take them on board, and then use them. Yeah. If you think that uranium isn't fissile, um, then the first time you get too near to an atom bomb, 